everyone, welcome back to Relax with Animal Facts. I am Steph Wolf, and today I am going to be learning with you about our furry, scaly, or possibly even slimy friends. And in today's case, it is going to be one that is actually not on the list because we are covering a feathery friend, rather, because we're covering the oh so wonderful owl. So of course, this is a very special listener episode dedicated to Pippa, who wrote in via Instagram. I'm sorry if sometimes I don't say your guys' names right. You could always give me a piece of your mind after the episode has gone live on, uh, on email or through Instagram. So thank you very much, Pippa, for writing into the show and for being a listener. And thank you to all of you out there who make this show possible and make this show so fun. I get so many messages from you guys saying how the podcast helps you and how you like listening to it. It really um, it really warms my heart and makes me very grateful um, that I am uh, the host of this show. So if you want to write into the show, you can either go to Instagram, Relax With Animal Facts, or you can go and send an email to relaxwithanimalfacts at gmail.com. Those are the only two ways that you can write into the show at this current point, and both of them I will reply 100% of the time because I uh, just love getting these messages from you guys. So this week, we don't have any new uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts, so I have nothing to read here. So if there's any of you that want to help support the show in that way and have a chance to be uh, shouted out on the podcast, I can read your lovely message on the show. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, or if you listen on Spotify, following the show is a great, great way of helping to um, support uh, the show. So enough dilly-dallying. This might be a long episode if I don't uh, be careful because those of you who have listened to the show for quite some time know that I can quite often get caught up in my own uh, thought processes and these ideas that um, that come up from reading these facts. And we have plenty of little facts to get through. I think all around close to 50. So I'm going to have to conserve my time somewhat well, although I'm sure most of you don't mind. For those of you that are new to the show, I am in no way an authority in the animal world. I am a very simple man who loves to learn about animals and Uh, enjoy it with all of you while drinking my tea. It's about as much as I can ask for, but I do not have any fancy degrees, fancy diplomas, anything like that. So when I say I'm learning with you, I very much mean it. So now as we prepare to get into this uh, episode, I'm going to uh, do this with you here where we can kind of go throughout our bodies before we go into the show. And we can see Where are we carrying some tension? See, for me, it's usually in my shoulders, in my neck, sometimes in my head. And just by being conscious of it and just, you know, let it go to the best of your ability as we go into this immersive experience with me, Steph Wolf, into the forest. Now, I want to be clear here because we are covering 
owls as a whole. Later down the road, we're going to be covering certain animals within species. Um, but for now, we are covering sort of the broader topics of all owls. But there are plenty of owls, and um, they live in a bunch of different habitats and conditions. For the sake of this podcast, I'm just going to choose one of them in which some owls are found, which is the forest. But they can live in different areas like deserts, prairies, even the Arctic tundra. So bear with me here. As in the background, you're not going to be hearing the Arctic tundra or deserts. You're going to hear more of the kind of forest noises. And that's for the sake of consistency and for your relaxation. So I got all of my facts this episode from one source, and that is factretriever.com slash owl and then the little dash facts. So on that website, they have plenty of facts with listed references. It's a great website. You guys can go and check it out if you want to learn more, if there's anything that you want to continue to learn about. I always say where I'm getting my facts from the top of the show. So for the first fact of the episode, it is that there are 220 species of owls in the world, at least currently known. 220 species. So that could mean a lot of different changes. Physical characteristics could be vastly different. They could have similar techniques when it comes to things such as hunting because they still resemble one another as owls and having that similar anatomical structure. So hunting and things like that is often going to be quite similar. But we can see physical characteristics are greatly different from those uh, owls that live in the tundra to those who live in forests or deserts. And it is always amazing to see these differences when you compare one to the other, knowing that, hey, these are both owls, but these are owls that have adapted to their environment and are much more suited to a particular temperature, to a particular biome, and whatnot. One of the main facts that people know about owls, and it's certainly one of the only ones that I know, is that they can almost turn their heads all the way around. Contrary to popular belief, however, it is not quite a full 360 degree turn. They can turn their necks in either direction about 135 degrees, which in total is going to give them about 270 degrees of movement. So that means that they are approximately 90 degrees away from going full circle. We can see why going full circle would not be exactly necessary, although it would be cool if their anatomy allowed for this to happen, there really wouldn't be much point to it, because logically, a 360 degree turn is just going to make the owl face the exact same way it was just facing. So it would be hard to imagine a situation in nature in which an owl is looking somewhere and all of a sudden decides to twist its head all the way around 360 degrees just to look in the same direction. It probably wouldn't be very applicable. 
but a very cool party trick. And speaking of party tricks, this is definitely not one that you yourself want to do. You may love owls, but do not try to turn your head in a way that gives you 270 degrees of total movement. And this is because anatomically, we can't. Owls are able to turn their heads without injury or cutting off blood to the brain because they have a special blood pooling system that powers their brain and eyes during those dramatic neck twists. We as humans don't have this sort of system. So turning your head forcefully in this way or having it forced in a direction that exceeds what we're anatomically able to do will result in some pretty serious damage to different internal structures that we have. The owls are made for it. So let's allow the owls to uh, have a one-up on this one. Now, an owl's eyes are so well developed that they are not balls, but they are rather tubes that are held into place by bony structures. This means an owl can only look straight ahead, and an owl must turn its head to look side to side. So here we see this sort of thing in nature where sometimes these, these gifts of vision and these gifts of different things that they have that they're very, um, that they do very well in with smell or with vision, there usually is some kind of drawback here. And with the owls, we see that while they have a pristine vision, they sacrificed a sense of mobility within the eyes themselves. But then we see how nature compensates for this and how, how, how the owl's anatomical uh, structure benefits it in this way where it compensates the fact that they can't turn their eyes by having a very large range of motion to their necks. So it's, you can see how it's this sort of game of give and take in some of these species. And I think the owl demonstrates it quite beautifully. And it totally makes sense why their eyes are so well developed and why they are the way they are. We have to remember that the owl is a bird of prey. So it will oftentimes be very far away from that which it is hunting. So having well-developed vision will be super, super key to its hunting and survival. If you think owl's eyes are cool, the owl's ears are pretty cool too. So they are placed asymmetrically and are different sizes. Asymmetrically meaning that it is not the same on both sides of the head. So this allows them to receive sounds at different times and strictly pinpoint the exact location of the sound. Now, logically, this sort of confuses me. By having asymmetric ears, I would think that they would have a harder time distinguishing um, the location of things or the, the different um, sounds of things, but rather this serves as a pretty great tool for them to use. 
us as humans, of course, have our ears placed um, pretty symmetrically. It is pretty rare that a person is 100% symmetrical on both sides, but relative to the owl, we have pretty symmetrical ears. One cool fact is that an owl's eyes, which remember are pretty tube-shaped, account for about 1% to 5%, depending on the species, of the owl's body weight. 1% to 5% is in the eyeballs, guys. That is just very, very amazing. I don't know if I can say eyeballs, because we just learned that they're mostly tube-shaped, so... Um, I will probably stay off of the lingo of using words like eyeball. I, I guess I can say eye tube with a little bit more confidence. So you might wonder why an owl's face is so flat. Well, this is to funnel sound to their ears so that they can detect even the slightest noises. And being birds of prey, right, when they're hunting these small critters, having that pristine sense of sound is is going to be a huge, huge advantage in the wild. I would have never guessed that an owl's flat face is able to bring sound to its ears through its structure, sort of redirecting sound in this way. I think that's so amazing. I have to be careful here because I get super excited about some of these animals and the owl is really is really getting up there in terms of excitement so I have to calm myself down take some take some sips of my tea here so I can continue without just talking your guys's ear right off the smallest owl in the world is the elf owl I love that name it is about 5 to 6 inches tall and weighs just one and a half ounces. A six-inch tall owl. That sounds very cute. And now in comparison, the largest North American owl is the great gray owl. And boy, are these guys big. They can reach up to 32 inches tall. So if we do our math, that's over five times as tall as the world's smallest owl. So not only have we learned that the ears of owls are intrinsically very, very good at picking up noises, we learned that the face of the owl also feeds in to the sensitivity of their hearing. And the northern hawk owl for an example, to, to, to give you guys an example of how sensitive their hearing is, the northern hawk owl is able to hear prey as much as 12 inches under the snow. Okay, we're talking about a subway foot-long sandwich stacked vertically underneath the snow. I know that might be sort of an odd comparison. I don't know why that came into my brain, but that's just to demonstrate how um, deep underneath the snow that they are. And the hawk owl is able to hear that. So I always like to compare the animals that we're learning to humans because sometimes it gives us accurate uh, illustrations, sometimes quite wacky and silly illustrations. Um, in this case, I think if I was to compare 
um, human beings, particularly myself, to the ability, uh, to the hearing ability of um, some of these owls, I would probably have the hearing uh, close to a 200-year-old man, which is quite humbling, and um, it's really awesome to see animals shine in these kinds of ways. And owls are found on all continents around the world except Antarctica. I suppose maybe it is just too cold. So many of you are very familiar with the hoo-hoo sound that owls make, but not all owls hoot, and those that do also make a variety of other noises, such as whistles, chirps, screeches, barks, growls, and even shrieks. So that hoot-hoot sound that is oftentimes associated with all owls is actually a great horned owl, uh, owl's call. And on average, female owls are larger than male owls. I think on the vast majority of animals on the show, the male is usually larger than the female. But in the case of owls and some other uh, animals we've covered on the show, we see that females can indeed be larger than males, which is always cool to see. So while owls are depicted as extremely intelligent and um, are used as symbols of wisdom and stuff in, in different um, sort of circles, they are notoriously difficult to train. Birds as diverse as parrots, hawks, and even pigeons can be taught more easily than owls. So in my mind, this doesn't speak necessarily to a lack of intelligence where a animal that is easier to train is smarter and an animal that is harder to, to train is just less intelligent. But rather, I see this as more of the animal being very, very hard to take out of the wild. Some animals, I suppose, are just really free spirits, and I guess the owl is going to fall in that category. Barn owls eat over 1,000 mice per year, and the owls swallow their prey whole, skin, bones, and all. So they like to just swallow it whole, kind of like a snake here, and they're able to digest everything um, they can. So if we do the math there, we have 365 days in the year. So we probably have close to about three to four mice per day, which is quite impressive, right? Mice are running around down on the ground and owls are usually up high and far away, which is why having such pristine vision and hearing is key for their hunting. The great horned owl can curl its talons with a force of about 300 pounds per square inch, which is about the same strength as the strongest human bite. So we see here just how powerful they can be. So humans do have quite a powerful bite force, while it may sort of um, not seem like a lot when you compare it to different animals um, in the animal kingdom like hyenas 
or lions, right? Um, but 300 pounds per square inch is a good deal of force, and they are doing this with only their talons. So while owls are quite cute, well, some of them are cute, for me, some owls err on the side of a bit creepy, um, it is illegal in the United States and most other countries for private individuals to keep owls as pets. So you're best off at um, seeing them at the zoo or maybe online in some videos and pictures. So in the owl, when we talk about anatomical structure and their ability to turn their heads those full 270 degrees, they have 14 vertebrae rather than the usual seven that are found in most birds. And owls have zygodactyl feet, which is a fancy word, just meaning that they have two toes that point forward and two toes that point backward, which will give the owl the ability to really grasp and crush, in most cases, in close to all cases, I assume, uh, wounded prey between their talons. Unfortunately for the owl, in its current state, uh, approximately one-third of the world's owl species are either endangered or at risk. So whenever you guys hear about this, there are plenty of things online, charities or different causes that are helping these endangered species. So I always encourage you guys to research and to learn more about that if you'd like. An owl has three eyelids. It has one for blinking, one for sleeping, and one for keeping the eyes healthy and clean. A group of owls is called a parliament. I just love that. They can also be called a wisdom bazaar. That is spelled B-A-Z-A-A-R and not the other way. Or they're also called a study. So a parliament of owls, a wisdom of owls, a bazaar of owls, or a study of owls. My favorite is a parliament of owls. I love that they gave them this sort of very wise um, group name. And a group of baby owls is called owlets. O-W-L-E-T-S. Sometimes I question the researchers who name these things, uh, like groups of owls or what the babies are called, and sometimes they are called some, some quite weird things. But um, there comes a time where I need to applaud the uh, individuals who named um, them these things, and that time is now. So the final fact of the episode is going to be the name. I always like to find a fact about the name to end off the show. And today we are going to be learning that the word owl or the name owl means nocturnal bird of prey and is of English origin. Of course, this is an incredibly apt name, seeing as owls are one of the most efficient nocturnal hunters. So, if you want to learn more about owls, I very much suggest you check out the resource listed at the top of the show, because I only got through maybe a little more or a little less 
than half of the facts. I would need two episodes to cover everything, um, but I wanted to cover some of the main things that I found just super, super cool. So I encourage you guys to research more if you'd like. If you want to have your animal on the podcast, you can always email relaxwithanimalfacts at gmail.com or you can send a message to relaxwithanimalfacts on Instagram. Either way is good for me. A quick thank you to those of you who support the show via Patreon and via PayPal. If you want to help support the show during these times, you can go to relaxwithanimalfacts.com and you can find just everything you need on the website. So what a fun episode and I hope to see you guys on the next podcast episode with the next animal. Take care.